This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello to all of you. I am going to be solo with you today. Every once in a while, I like to come back and revisit what the number one way is to sell buku books. I mean, we wouldn't we all love um, as an author just to have the the book selling fairy drop in and all of a sudden all your books disappear. All those cases you have in the garage, the bookstore shelves are depleted and they're ordering it. They just can't keep them stocked. Wouldn't you love it? Well, it doesn't work that way that what you have to do is create a plan. So I'm going to talk about the plan that is worse, just hugely successful for me and to bring you in. And it's all about speaking on your expertise, doing what I call the cash cow two-step. And so really coming back to to understand that, great, you wrote the book, you, you move from the CWO, that chief writing officer, that you move to the CMO, the chief marketing officer. How are you going to move this product? Well, it's going to be your mouth um, that will be the primary area and start getting out. Now, a lot of authors, are writers are introverted and they really don't want to, to be <laughs> um, speaking in front of groups. But you can do it in a variety of different ways. You know, I've had groups as small as 10 people. I've had groups as big as 5,000 who have heard me speak. And that as you do this, as you bring it into play, you find what your comfort sweet spot is. You know, what size group it could be. And if you're, you're someone who really relishes just a small group of people, like just having a chat, um, a, a conversation with, Book clubs would be the way for you to push out. Very small groups. Gatherings in libraries um, where you maybe have invited people or they've invited their patrons in to uh, come in and hear you. And you just kind of go down that path. If you don't choose a path and put a plan together, you're going to be sitting with those cobwebs of bookcases. If, if that's what you haven't ordered or just hoping that someone orders something on your, you know, on your Amazon account where your book is resting, uh, you still have to drive people there. So you got to have a plan. So let's talk about a speaking plan and why do you want to speak? And, and for me, it's about changing lives. It's about selling potential truckloads of books. It's about making money. It's about going places you never thought you would. It's about making a difference. And for me, it's also about having fun. I'm willing to work really hard, but I got to have some fun in the mix. So it's the number one way to sell thousands of books. 
you've written it, you know the content, and you're passionate about the topic. And I don't care if we're talking fiction or nonfiction. Now you've got to figure out a way to share it. So a lot of things I'm going to be sharing with you. And if you don't have this book, I did a full revision on it um, in, in the past six months, um, how to create a million dollar speech. I would really encourage you to get it. So now, do I know what I'm talking about? Yep. I've spoken in all 50 states. I've spoken in 20 countries. I've sold over a million books by speaking on whatever the theme or the topic is. So let's let's just kind of get into it because one of the questions people ask me is, so what's the cost? And there is a cost. There's a time, there's an energy, and there is a money commitment. Um, and the money commitment is going to start probably with your website. Do you have a very distinct tab placed on your website that identifies with speaking? Do you have that? Do you have within it some titles of speeches? And then underneath it, maybe a line or two that describes for the benefit. And then maybe a few bullet points. What will an audience take away? Now, why do I suggest that? Because that um, a meeting planner, and I've had conferences where I hire speakers and bring them in, that they are, they're going through very quickly, 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 quickly. Does this person have the expertise I'm looking for? And that will show up in your bio. But is the topic something that my group, my association, my book club, fill in the blank, has an interest in? That title um, and those few sentences and those bullet points are going to be the till. That's what you're after. So do you have a speaking tab? On the speaking tab, you're going to have titles of it. And by the way, don't put what it costs, what your honorarium is. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, that do you have, um, I, I always like to have fun facts, uh, something different that may, they may not know about me. Because you'd be surprised. Sometimes I can wiggle in an introduction. I have on my speaking tab, Inter, uh, introductions to use, sample introductions um, that they do. The last thing you want them to do is go on the Google and find a bio that could be ancient and have them read them off. You want to give them and supply it, have it on your website. And by the way, you carry it with you too. Um, do you have um, some pictures maybe of you in action that we do? Um, do you have those kind of things available uh, so they can easily find out who you are, what you speak about, and how to contact you? And it, in a contact you do, is not something that you uh, put your name and your email in and they say, you know, what you, the message you want the, the reader of this form you're going to send in. No, your phone number. You know, sometimes someone may be looking for someone really quick and they need to have a conversation to see if you're available because the person that they had is ill or has had an accident or can't be there or who knows. But make sure there's always a phone number that you can be reached at and always your email easily accessible. 
So I like to create a spending plan. And that um, I call it, you know, a, a cost of speak and a spending plan for my success. So it's not a freebie journey, as I mentioned before. You may need to have a website makeover. I want to have some speaker followers. You want you, uh, if you've got a, a vi some videos of you speaking, why don't you do a snippet and create a 90 second, what we call a reel, and put that on. You should have a media kit of, of some sort. Um, and you need to, this is, the, this is the money investment, you need to invest in a software, which is a customer management software, where you will have names of people that you will follow up on, and you will get back and, and you can get back to them. So um, that, that was a very distinct spiel that you need to have as you go along in the process. So if you call Samantha Jones at the um, book club or at an association, she will have her own profile. You'll put in that you called her, you left a message, or you wrote a postcard to her, or you sent an email, whatever you did, and you put a call back for a week later. So you keep calling. It may take eight times before you finally get together. So I, I think what's really important to understand, to become a speaker you don't need, I can't tell you how many people think they need all these credentials. You got a book. You don't need an MBA or PhD. But what you have to do is develop a degree in being good at speaking. Um, and so that's what that's one of the things you're after. So for in most cases, people who start on the speaking path are kind of clueless um, on really where to give. So um, and, and get that going. So I like to create a speaking game plan. And I will always have, a, you know, a column that has, so what are my key game points for the, uh, that I'm going to talk about in any presentation? Well, if you're a nonfiction author, it's called your chapters. Um, that's going to be most likely your key point within it. There might be a story within there that you're going to bring up. But I would just list out all your key points. Um, I would list out uh, what kind of groups they think. And you don't have to be specific. You can be generic. That would want to hear you. I would want to uh, have a, a column that talks about, so what, what, what are the kind of pains that I would address in my audience? Now, for fiction, it's they just want to escape it, but maybe they want just a really great thriller or an action book, or maybe they want a remote. So how do I... Uh, structure that, that I can do a reveal with my characters or setting the stage or doing plot points or twist or, or how, how, you know, what's the big conflict that someone has in that. Um, and I think it's always important to have a reaff reaffirmation. I mean, heck, you wrote the book. Why you? Why you for the speaker over somebody else? Now, it could be because you were the pioneering, you know, I've had a couple of books that I was the pioneering uh, author that really was the one that pushed it out and got it out in the public in the first place. Why you? And it's always important to have all this on your website. And then you want to have a column that has stories. For each one of those key points, give me a story um, that will support it, that will rope in bring in your listener 
to stay with you as you transition from piece to piece. We'll be right back. I'm Judith Bryles. I'm known as the Book Shepherd, and I wrote the book, How to Create a Million Dollars. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author Use, the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoryou.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, we're back to the game plan of uh, really setting the stage um, for your speaking career to evolve. And so, you know, I asked why you, um, but it's also important to know who your audiences are and who your audiences are not. Um, if, if you're someone who thinks you should be speaking to anyone and everyone, you're, you're making a mistake. Niching is huge, bringing it down to the power of the niche speaker. And most of the very successful speakers that I know, um, they, they find it and they stick with it um, and go into it. And that they, uh, for, for example, for 20 years, I only spoke in the healthcare industry. Now, I, they found me. I didn't go to, you know, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to speak in healthcare. They found me. My topic was uh, my expertise in female-dominated workplaces. Right. Healthcare is one of them. Um, and it ended up that I knew so much about the that industry. The people thought that my doctorate actually was an M.D. It is not. It's in business. 
Um, or they thought I was a very advanced nurse because I knew so much about what was going on. I don't at all, although I help take care of people. So, but it's it's learning, it's reading, uh, reading, it's experiencing, it's getting in to all of those. So, w- what you want to remember when when you target your market very specifically, like maybe you're only going to talk with the the C-suite people, maybe you're only going to talk to people who are devout mystery readers. Um, that when you target that market, it enables you to craft the, your 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 speeches. Um, to, for absolutely that market, and you hit the nail on the head every time instead of worrying about other things. As you drill down within it, you will learn more about any industry or environment or group and the way they have group think. So you want to seek out what kind of problems they're facing. Where do they get bored? I had an experience where I was, I'm working on a new series of books myself right now, And that um, there was an author I just really liked. And I went down to the local library and I brought back a pile of 10 of her books to to refall in because I was going to be writing and using humor um, in this series. And it was for, you know, women's fiction. My goodness, I'd forgotten. You know, I, I knew the key opponents. But every book I read, it was like the same book over and over again. And I was so bored. I was so bored that I just stopped. And I thought, this is not me. This is not what I want. I, I like a different spring going forward. So what you think you like, you may it may have a change because of your experiences and what you're doing, as it did for me. And so all the books were taken back, and I had to go in another direction. But as you drill down and learn more about any specific industry group environment, you're going to start seeing some common problems surfacing. And that's where you become one of them. And you really can work on specifics here. And that's where, you know, that's your goal to become that go-to person. So I mentioned that you want to have your theme um, and what your key points are. You're going to have that. I've mentioned that you want to have videos and photos. This is on for your, this is all for your website, by the way. So what if you don't have a photo of you speaking? Well, do you have a microphone? You know anyone with a handheld mic that you can get and you could actually take some random shots. For example, this is what we do on the my publishing at Sea Cruise. You know, so we have like 30 people there. We push them all together in the room. This is in our workshop. This is one of the sessions within our workshop. And we have a great time and we push everyone close together and every participant gets a mic put. We have a photographer who will take random pictures and and they will be going, you know, blah, 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 blah. They will, you know, they're not going to be giving a speech. It's just pretend. Um, and the audience is told to raise their hands, to laugh, to do different things because there's no, there's no voice at all. But we're looking for some very fast shots that we can take. And it is a hoot the way some of these these participants get into it. Um, and get it. And often we will have our photographer get behind the speaker and get a back of the headshot or just a side, but we can see the audience and they're exuberant. All right. So what do we do? We give them the photos. They're able to put them up on their website showing like they're actively, well, they were active, involved in front of an audience 
to get a feel of what kind of experience people have when you're in front of their audience. So it works like a trick. It's, it's just been such great fun to do that. So you want to have something like that. Um, and when I mentioned um, in our last segment, don't put your fee on there. You're, you may have fees for workshops. You could have them for keynotes. Definitely there's a different fee if you have to go out of the country because it takes much more time and there's more risk involved um, here. But um, where do you start speaking? And one of the things is you want to go up and look at other like-minded uh, speakers, same topics, people are there. Now, the big people get lots of money, lots and lots and lots and lots of money. Um, you're not going to start at that range, but it's not uncommon to start. If you're if you're a children's author listening in, you can get paid, um, and it's not uncommon to get a minimum of 300 500 Some of the big people who have won major awards get a lot of money. But I'm talking about, you know, us regular Joes and Josephines. And that um, for a children's book, it's always going to be less. As you start moving into other markets, the, the book club market doesn't pay. But by golly, they should be paying by buying a book. And everybody that if you've got a book club of 10 people, everybody should have bought a book um, to support you. And if, if, if they're not, shame on them. And I would question really going for that kind of thing because um, it, it, you're, you're not free. Your talent is not free. So don't post on your website what your fees are. I don't want you to do that, but I want you to do your homework to find out what other people who are speaking on your topic um, are getting. And it, you'd be surprised. It could be 1500 It could be 2000 for an hour speech. It could be 3000 5000 um, Once you have a book in hand, especially you nonfiction folks, that, that you have, you're, you're an expert in whatever the topic is. You are an expert. You wrote the book. Um, and people are used to paying for that. So sometimes you have to negotiate. Um, and one of the things I always did in that negotiation, I, I had someone say to me, a group in Florida saying, well, we've never paid anyone over $1,500. And my fee was 5000 at the time. And I said, well, you know, I would love to work with you, but you're asking me to make a $3,500 donation. What will I get in return if I accept your fee? Uh, you know, and let them just noodle it. Let them think about it. You'd be amazed some of the things that they'll come back with that could actually give you more attention and the like. Right. So I want you to think about your all your stories because they're crucial for your speaking success. Now, it could be a story that happened to you when you were eight years old. Um, use your stories, not other people's stories, unless they're people that you've cited within your book and you expand on that. And I have certainly done that um, within my topics. I mean, and one of the one of the tricks I had is I would always have my book with me on the stage wherever I was, and I would might open it up. Like in my 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 second point is blah 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 blah, and I would recite it, put it up, and 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 I remember for this in my book, the confidence factor, referring to an amazing woman. One of the most interesting interviews I've had, I've done 10,000 plus interviews with people. 
um, that I've had. And she, I used her in my book, The Confidence Factor, about the power of positivity versus negative. And she went through an, a horrendous experience, just a horrendous experience. And that I would pick up my, when I picked my book, and um, I would say, let me share you her words. Now, I would randomly open book, uh, book, but I knew her story so intimately, so well. It didn't matter where I opened it up, because I'm not going to read it, but I'm looking like I'm reading. You know, I'm glancing down, and I'm looking like I'm reading it. And I reveal her story and the tale and close it. Here's what I've subtly done. If the book is a prop, what I've subtly done, because I never tell people, buy my book, buy my book. I'm, I'm there. I have books with me. They're for sale. But I've told the story. I've practiced the story. I know it so well that people are saying, I've got to read more about this woman. And they buy the book. So very subtle. I just have the book. They see the front cover of the book as I'm reading um, and going through that. Your openings and closings are crucial. So, um, and that's where you really practice. So I, I, you know, I went through and I spent a lot of hours typically for a speech when I, if I was giving in one hour presentation, I had at least six hours of prep time. Um, and even though I had done it hundreds and hundreds of times, I would go through it, I would tweak it, I could have slides, maybe not um, going through it, but just going in my head, going through it. Um, your openings, um, you better have those really tight and your closings with some kind of a call to action or you, if for a fiction author, there's be something maybe poignant you close with, um, with a portion from your book and read within your book, but it's got to be compelling. It's got to pull the audience in. Um, I always want to leave them in a take action frame of mind on the closing part. And I want to be able to have a book in that they're connected somehow. I love to open my speeches, all my presentations with humor. Um, often I'm the butt of the butt of it, and that's fine. I don't do jokes. Jokes rarely go over well, especially for women. Um, just, just don't, don't do, don't go in that area. Um, and then the last thing you've got to really look into is building your influence on social media. Because a lot of meeting planners are looking for speakers via social media. Where are you? LinkedIn is a great resource. Um, won't be on Instagram, uh, on those things. Maybe on some Facebook-related groups. But what you're doing and where you're going. And then you've got to just start committing to marketing. Pulling it together. You've got to always work on bringing power, uh, power um, for what you bring in it. Um, one of the things, and I just want to come back and kiss, uh, cause I mentioned the fees. I wouldn't ever think of going for less than 500 and actually you want to get up into the thousands as quickly as possible in most speaking things, because the lower you are, you're viewed as less valuable, um, and less experienced. So that's my thoughts there. All right. When we come back, we're going to start structuring your speech. This is Judith Riles. It's author you, your guide to book publishing. Yeah. 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 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so I before I go into kind of the structure, I wanted to do um, something dealing with your um, more on the website because this is where you really get killed on there. If you don't have it detailed on your website, you're missing. So make sure you have a one sheet on you as a speaker, what your expertise is. And, you know, on your one sheet, um, when I look at one sheets that are designed and I have them developed, Mine are actually produced by actually graphic designers. I don't. I do not do a DIY here. I used to old days, um, but that now I want them to have that snap, crackle, and pop. My bio on my whole thing of who I am and what I'm about is less than a hundred words, instead of a whole page. Now we have big graphics. We have uh, we have a big uh, 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 a picture. Uh, of me there me I'm there on the topic I have testimonials um, they're kind of in like bubble type comment boxes um, I have a testimonial from a meeting planner I have a testimonial from a, a client I have a testimonial from an audience participant all right so they can get the one-two shot um, I have on my one sheet as I've done a boatload of media so I've cherry-picked some of the symbols their logos of a few of them, you know, the big, the big names like people in Oprah and CNN and Wall Street Journal, etc. This to know that just says subtly, it's almost ghosted on the bottom of my windshield, um, ghosted, um, just so it's there, you know, just subtly, not a bold brag, but it's a subtle brag. Um, I have, make sure that you have all your contact information, your email, your your snail mail to get to you, the, your your phone number on that. Um, and it has, you know, a couple of topics. I mean, it's all there on one sheet on there. And so it's it's up and running on that um, in, in that area. The other thing is I want to make sure you have a your banner is you 
it's and it's 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 not the name of your book. You're the uh, you're the factor. Um, you're the brand. So I want to see your name big, and I want to see a tagline. What are you about? What do you promise? What do you deliver to your readers or your audiences? Um, something of that that has got a generic uh, that can fit, whether it's a reader or an audience, but just something about what you know what you're about that includes your expertise right underneath. Your homepage on your website is what's inside your speaking tab. And what I would recommend on your speaking tab is you put up a short video welcoming them to your speaking tab. This is what's within. You'll find introductions. And yes, write the introductions. I mentioned that earlier. Write the introduction and have that in play. And you'll find some titles. Um, you'll find my fun facts um, in section in there that you might, you know, enjoy that kind of thing. So do it, um, and, and take advantage of that, um, because it does make a difference. Now I want to also make a kiss on before we move into this next section, um, your introductions. I have a, a couple of them and actually, you know what, I, because it's printed out, I have a picture of me on it because so many times, um, you're introduced by, they've given it to someone uh, it could be someone within their group or their association. They may stumble on your name. If you have an oddball name um, or it's a, it's a challenge to pronounce, spell it in parentheses phonetic, phonetically so they can get it. But also make sure you print it in 14 or 16 font so they're not stumbling around and they can read it. So you, you can make it very short um, and going on to that. Um, for example, here's an example of one of mine's that that might will be for um, a, a group of of us type of people, other authors. Okay, so here it goes goes so, and I do do it at the very top of it, um, my picture, but introduction for Dr. Judith Bryles, and it would say something like this: You're going to spend the next hour with someone who is snappy, sassy, and very savvy about book publishing and marketing. The book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles, will deliver the juice to spring all authors to action to achieve their publishing goals. And that means you here today. She's guided 1,000 authors to book completion and generated over 500 bestsellers. She will deliver her 10 amazing ninja book marketing tips to soar your book sales. Make sure you register for her face-to-face -face time with her during the conference. She's here to answer your questions and get her books in our bookstore. Please welcome the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles. Now you can start punching that up. You can do that for something more generic. It could be, you know, I might add in, she's been on every major TV show from Oprah to CNN to the Wall Street Journal, People, and even in the National Enquirer. Her topic today is blah, 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 blah. She'll be with us throughout the conference and available to answer your questions at her book table. Notice I don't have the introduce to say go buy her books. But one of the things I have always done at conferences is I donate. And I donate a percentage, anywhere from 10 to 20 percent, of our book sales back to a scholarship or their foundation or that. When they know that it is I have had more times they randomly off the cuff say, you know, make sure you get Judith's books. She is donating 
a percentage of all book sales to our scholarship fund. All right, I didn't say it. I don't have to say it. They take care of it. So just, just something to remind you, there are ways to subtly sell books without having to do that. Now, I was an accidental speaker when I got into this business, and um, and that was back in the, oh my gosh, the 80s. And it was when someone else couldn't go, and I said, okay, well, I can do it. I was a stockbroker at the time. It was a book about finance, and um, it was the topic was. So I went through that, and I, I, I just thought, okay, I, I, I can do this. I, I have to tell you, I did everything wrong. I did not understand. I, um, I, I sat with everybody and all that. No, you got to take control of the room. You got to do so much. But here's what I realized about me. I knew a lot. I really had a lot of information. And, um, and I could share it and define, re redefine it and go out and I found that my primary target for this one was women. So that was very cool. And that's how I grew, started to grow and find out my niche, where I belonged, what the sweet spot was for me, who my market was, what my humor fit this kind of thing. Um, and it, it just works. You just have to stick your foot in the water. Maybe just a little toe in the beginning. But that's how I started. And then I went on from there, um, from that. Now, your speech. You start with a story. Now, uh, or you start with an alarming statistic. I remember one time I was speaking on money management to a large dental conference. And there was total chaos in the money markets. I mean, front page chaos in all the newspapers. And I had a copy of uh, the local, uh, of, of the National USA Today. Um, and it was just, it was a mess. And I remember I, when I was introduced, I had a copy of the paper with me. And I opened, and, and as I was introduced, I opened the page and all people could see was the newspaper. Not me even. And then I put it down and I spoke to my audience. And this is what we're talking about today money crisis, how to get a hold of your money, how to keep it, how you can grow it with sanity and without losing your shirt. And I just jumped in, right? Sometimes the newspapers will deliver it. So that's why I always pay attention whatever city I'm in, what the local paper is about. Um, and that's, that's happened with media where I've had to change topics because of a crisis and direct into it because that's what everyone was talking about. That's the buzz factor. You need to know the buzz factor of a group, um, and it and it changes. Um, sometimes the meeting planner, I'll ask the meeting planner, is there anything going on I should know about um, on that? If One of the things I've learned, if there is going to be a, um, a, a, an acknowledgement of deaths and things like that, it is better that they do it after your presentation versus leading up to you um, just because it kind of takes the air out of the room um, and everyone's on a downer. you got to bring them back up. And, and by the way, within your speech, if you have bad news of any sort, you've got to think of a speech as part of a roller coaster. You know, there's ups 
there's amazing ups and there's sometimes downs. And if you've got a down, you've got to bring them back up again. Um, and you'll do that with the next point. You'll do that with the next story. It's where humor will come into play. Um, and that, you know, even the, the story I mentioned in the last segment of Sharon Comlos and the, and the drama, she had been shot. Um, and, um, and, and then so much else happened after that, but that in, and she was blinded and that one of the things she said to me, and I always saved it to the last because then I came back with another point. And she said to me, you know, Judith, I have everything really I need right now. Um, I, I have a refrigerator that actually when it's open, it will tell me what's in alignment on shelves. You know, I have a computer that I can work with. I've got a phone. They don't, I know Braille. I know all these different things. What I refuse to get is a scale that tells me how much I weigh. Right. So the audience is looking for that relief, relief. But then I come in with one more line and I would say something like this. You know, Sharon, you know, Sharon Comeless is one of the most full-sighted people I know. Are you full-sighted yet totally blind to a lot in your immediate area? And it's like, ooh, 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 this is chewy. All right. So think about doing things like that. Um, in the process. So let's talk about the structure of your speech. Um, and that with that, you have your story, your opening, you've got your key point. Now come with an activity or an exercise to support it, to fill it in, maybe another story directly related to that, repeat your key point, announce your next key point, same thing. Do you have an activity, an exercise, a story, an aha, something to support it, repeat it. Go to the next one, and then you'll move to your close. If you have to do a question and answer, don't give your final point. Throw it out, take it in with the questions, um, and then go into your final point, and then your close. You've got to keep it in control. Questions and answers can zap your presentation and take your energy. We'll be right back. I'm going to talk about contracts. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy 
Build your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Right in this last segment on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing, I wanted to kiss on the contract, why you should have a contract, um, and what are the necessary ingredients in it. And I will tell you, in my book, How to Create a Million Dollar Speech, Chapter 14 has my contract. You have my permission to duplicate it to modify it. I paid a lot of money to an attorney to put it together initially. Um, you have my permission to use it. You need a contract. So a contract is a formal agreement between you and any group that is hiring you. And by the way, I always send out a contract, even if I agreed to do a freebie um, in it. And, and because I want to remind them, this is what I normally get paid. This is the gift you're getting. And I always gave away several free speeches a year. I did it for two reasons. One, I was really passionate about the group. I really cared for it. I want to support this group, um, these peoples. Um, or two, um, that I truly believe that there were people in that audience who would be there live, in person, who had the capability of hiring me at my regular fee. All right. So those were my criteria that I would do when I considered waiving my fee. They still got a contract. So for us, it's always sweet music to any speakers or their marketing assistants ears that someone's called for a specific date. So what you do next is you get an agreement, a contract out, and you do it as in today. So it's a formal agreement between you and the group that's hiring you. It includes your speaking fee, what the deposit is, and what the balance in when it, it will be and when it will be paid. 
It's going to say what you're going to be doing for them. Now, it may say TBD to be determined because they may come back. They just say they want you. They'll go back and decide which topic to use. It will include where the site of the presentation will be. It will include what kind of contact information um, and that what kind of reimbursements that you will get. For example, all your travel-related costs should be reimbursed, right? Um, that it will have a cancellation clause. Yes, sometimes things do get canceled. So you have to decide, are you going to let it go? Are they going to pay the full fee? And I had dates that encumbered when that would happen because you'll learn once you cross this bridge and you decide I'm going to become a professional speaker supporting. Um, and even if you only give one speech a month, you're a professional speaker. That um, the odds are if you've committed to a date for a group and they have to start moving it around. And by the way, the most logical ones who would move it around would be probably a corporation. Associations are so locked in because they have their uh, things set out often years in advance um, when their conferences and they start locking in their speakers and they announce it. You want to make sure that if, if there's uh, in addition to your fee, you know, that they'll cover your hotel. In fact, I, I have them just book the hotel and they take care of it in their master account um, that there are any cabs, Ubers, Lyfts, anything like that. Um, any meals while you're away, any miscellaneous expenses, all of those, they should be taken care of, right? So what I did within the chapter is I sh shared the uh, majority of elements that I had um, that often I would, ha I added a new clause that the attorney didn't write, but I added it because I, I did have a corporation have to cancel and I had already bought the air tickets. Now, the air tickets also involve two other cities, and that uh, it would mean that it, I would have a three-day down day in the particular city that the client was in that had to cancel. Um, and so, do you want three days down? Boy, I don't. Um, I was traveling so much, I would want to come home and sleep in my own bed. But that uh, that if it canceled, we put in a clause that involved if there's a cancellation and if there is a rebooking of any airfare, that they would be responsible. Now, before I did that, I did the rebooking and I ate $800 in additional fees because I had to rebook these two other people that also because I had given everyone a reduced cost of the airfare because I had a, you know, a triple stop out. And now I don't, now it's a double, but because of the elimination, the ticket fire went up. So it happens. Now, I have, I don't say contract on my contract. I call agreement to engage speaker. So it goes something like this. And I'm just going to go through different phases. And I have within the book the exact clause in it. And then I give the rationale of why I have it in there. So it starts off something like this. We are hereby agreed to engage and then your name as a speaker for and then the group name on a date. So you, that's all, you know, Phil. The presentation will be the title of the presentation or it could be a TPD for a total of how many minutes and hours. And then I have a section, my requirements. All right. So I put in that what type of microphones I want. 
um, whether I need a projector or a screen or any other items. I always requested um, a thermos of hot water and a cup if I needed to wet my throat, especially during workshops. All right. So that was that. And then I had a clause in here. And this is how I, I always made sure I stayed the full day at a conference. Um, and I had a clause that referred to educational materials. That would be my books, right? So the client will provide a six-foot table in the main registration open area, the main exhibitor's hall, or a high hallway in front of the room in which, again, my name is speaking. If there are exhibitors selling books, you may want to include no exhibitors will sell any of your book titles um, at the conference because that's what you're doing, all right? So money is important now. So um, I have in my clause a regular fee and a final fee. And I mentioned earlier that I do deals at times. So I mentioned that. So the clause reads like this. We further agree to pay a net speaking fee of final fee. Um, uh, and I put in final fee of what amount? Uh, it could be $5,000 and or it could be $1,500. And if it was that, this is a reduction of Judith Brow's regular speaking fee of $5,000 per day. And now this is something I added in because it got to be a real issue, especially um, uh, I remember you know, when I was in Puerto Rico several times, their tax authorities would actually meet me and make me fill out tax returns before I was allowed to get on the plane. Any taxes or additional fees required by your state or country um, are the responsibility of the organization. And I would donate money back to them to take care of that. And because I didn't want to be filing tax returns in every state. Get a deposit. I have in my contract an advanced retainer in the amount of deposit amount. Uh, mine was always 50%. If I did not receive that deposit amount, the engagement was not firm. And they were told that. And they were told when the amount had to be due. Um, one of the things that you learn very quickly in the speaking business, that when, once a gig is over, we all call them gigs, once the gig is over, you become out of sight, out of mind. You, you could have been stunning, wonderful. They loved you, but they're on to the next thing they're working on, your, your contact. Um, and it's out of sight, out of mind. If you don't get paid the balance of your form, uh, of your fee um, at the gig, it'll be 45 days. That was the average that we had to do tracking. So we added in late fee clauses, um, uh, you know, a, a late fee, $300 late fee would be assessed on the fourth day and $100 on every fourth day after that. So no one ever paid late. Um, in that, I always included a, a W-9 with our tax ID number with them. Um, and I always let them know that I would have handouts to them within two weeks of whenever the engagement was. And they responsibility was to create a master on it. I had a section on client responsibilities within it. And the client responsibilities would be what they were responsible for. And I listed those out. I wanted to know what airport I would be flying in. I wanted to know who would be picking up. What was my contact? And I always asked for the closest major airport and their closest regional. The hotel they put together. 
And again, within the book, I give you the specific language to use on that. And then it was signed. And then lastly, the cancellation clause that we had in here is that 100% of the fee, this is my wording, and 100% of, of the fee and any expenses occurred if canceled less than 125 days, that's four months prior to the petition date are due. There's only one time I'd had to incur that. Now, I always tried to work with them to get the rescheduling done because that is what you want to do. You don't want to lose the client, put it together. Um, and we also said that that if they video it, they it's only for their immediate group. They can't resend it out and broadcast. And that I was to get a master copy of it as well. That's where you're going to pull future reels from, uh, little deals, because a lot of times they're set up really with with a strong camera that will get up front and close with that. So speaking, there's a lot to do. Um, there's questions that you should be asking. Your, you should create a questionnaire to ask your uh, a contact who they've had before, what worked, what didn't work. You, I always ask, are there any taboo topics I stay, should stay away from? Um, I've had some odd ones thrown at me, and I'm thinking, what would they think I'd ever even talk on that topic? But um, it's always good to know and be prepared. And um, I always go in the day before the event, so I am there. I drop in on other events, and I become part of the group. That's it. Speaking will sell a lot of books. Trust me, I've done it. I know you can do it too. This is Judith Bryles. We'll be with you next week. for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bry.